the Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men. Uh, the truth is, there's always going to be some difficulty because the system, uh, especially the system in our education, was not designed for the success or the progress of black males. We just heard from Ken Coopwood. Coop Blue's mission is to provide an ongoing menu of services to chief diversity officers in higher education and other sectors and their organizations that transform their presence and their functionality as the 21st century diversity professionals. Their vision is to lead the next paradigm for transformative diversity leadership. Dr. Coopwood has earned national prominence as a transformative agent in higher education diversity administration. He is alumni of Indiana State University, is a postdoctoral alum of both the Harvard Management Development Program and the American Association of State Colleges and Universities Millennium Leadership Initiative. Dr. Coopwood has earned his PhD in Educational Administration Leadership and Foundations, his master's degree in Political Science with emphasis on federal policy, and his undergrad degree in Business Administration with emphasis in Finance, Marketing, and Management, all from Indiana State University. Dr. Coopwood has a podcast called Strategic Conversations. Take a listen to our conversation. All right. Thank you for being with us today for the Black Male Archives podcast. I have a special guest, Dr. Ken Coopwood, and we're going to kind of hear his story. He has a podcast that he's doing, but we want to get some information about uh, Dr. Coopwood. Dr. Coopwood, thank you for being with us. Well, my pleasure to be with you, Rodney, and it's, it's always good to be a part of something that uplifts and empowers Black men in America. Okay, well, thank you. I mean, you are one of the uh, black men that are out there doing the positive things. Tell tell us a little bit about you and your your position and then your your podcast. But let's just hear something about your your background. Okay, well, I'm the the youngest male, uh, six children um, from Gary, Indiana, and I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana, and um, my uh, father. Uh, raise our family um, as an employee of the, the um, Gary Steel Mill system. Mm-hmm. My mother was in the uh, school system as a assistant teacher and she was in the hospital system as a registered nurse. Mm. So we all six of us came up in Gary, Indiana. And so um, people always ask me, was did I know Michael Jackson? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know him personally, but I had uh, my family, his family, had very close ties. Um, my uncle was the first black radio personality in the Gary, Chicago area. Oh, wow. The one credited for giving Michael his start as he DJed, and uh, he kind of uh, was the judge for the Gary talent shows that Michael used to win all the time. Wow, that is amazing! See, you never you never know somebody's story until you start talking to him. So, he's right there in the radio, television hall of fame. Wow! Wow! What, now, what was his name? His name is Jesse Coopwood. Jesse Coopwood. He had a son whose name is Jeff, and Jeff had a 
a game show in Chicago on WGN Channel Nine. Wow, <clears throat> that is that is cool. That is cool. So you never know. But again, two black men doing something positive, and um, have made a legacy uh, in the city of Gary and across the country. And I'm sure your upbringing had everything to do on where you're at right now in your profession. And tell us about your profession and what do you do? Absolutely. I'm uh, uh, and you're absolutely right. My, my dad not only was a, a person who worked in the steel industry, but he was also a public servant. Um, and he raised me to be the same way. Um, I'm just doing my thing and he did his thing. My thing is, uh, Diversity administration, leadership, and education. And I've been in higher education for more than 30 years. Mm -hmm. I'm a four-time chief diversity officer, and um, I am a co-owner of a company called Coop Lou. It's C-O-O-P-L-E-W. Mm -hmm. And we do uh, national executive level diversity training and consultation with universities and higher education. That, that's interesting that you do diversity training. So what does that all entail? Or I guess, can you sum it up and tell us what you know diversity training is? Yeah, well, we were fortunate enough to, to establish the first national research on the lived experience of chief diversity officers in higher education. And we did that back in 2016. Mm -hmm. And that research, we learned that there's about 15 to 25 skill sets that diversity officers say they, that they need and they have no training for, nor do they have resources to um, tap into those skill sets when, you know, when they need them on the job. So um, we decided that somebody needs to do something about that mm -hmm. and, and provide not only just the training environment, but more importantly, the personal support and the, the um, camaraderie that diversity officers need to continue to empower and encourage and uplift diversity officers as they go through such trying times um, on the job. Mm -hmm. So we got started just a few years ago, and it's really a spinoff from what I've been doing personally as a consultant anyway since um, I've been away from the desk job in higher education for a few years. Okay. So we're off and running. We are, um, business is good. Um, uh, we've really earned a national reputation for being um, not only professional and progressive black men, Mm -hmm. but I think more importantly, we have a good reputation for men of character and men of honor. Mm -hmm. And we, we deliver an authentic product and people remember how they were treated when they were with us. And, you know, that brings that brings up another question that I have. So you being a black man, have you faced any hurdles or challenges being in, in your, your profession? Well, I wouldn't be a black man if I said I have. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. And the hits keep coming. <laughs> the hits keep coming. You know, the thing is, is you know, we, we can't 
focus on uh, you know just the general wish that we want things to be better. Mm-hmm. Instead, we got to focus on becoming stronger and becoming more resilient to the things that we know that are out there and the things that might hit us from the blind side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth is, there's always going to be some difficulty because the system, uh, especially the system in our education, was not designed for the success or the progress of black males. Mm-hmm. And we know that you know, still black men um, are present at the bottom of almost every industry in terms of achievement, in, in terms of pay, disparity, um, in terms of uh, um, uh, social worth, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. And, and because of this, we know that our struggle will continue um, as we go through this thing called life. And the only thing that makes it better is what we actually believe we're um, going through this life for. So having a purpose is very significant for black men. And then having some place to give away the things that you've learned to share, some place to share the things that you've learned is right. important as well. Have you? Do you have any crazy stories or a story that comes to mind that you faced racism or? Well, I hear lots of stories. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it depends on whether you talk about childhood, adulthood, or on the job. On the job story. You know, on the job, you know, with things, things at work, you know, as a, a chief commercial officer, you can expect just about that everywhere you go on um, as a diversity officer, there's going to be somebody who doesn't want you to be there. Mm. Somebody who doesn't want you to be successful at bringing people together mm. and, um, in effect, outing the system and the hate that existed before you arrived. Mm-hmm. So I've been at several places in my career, and one place in particular, I was never able to uh, build a reputation um, for doing good um, for people who were different from me. I was never able to um, establish a authentic diversity agenda, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that the institution was willing to invest in that agenda and to um, declare that it was a a true authority, I mean, mm-hmm. not authority, but priority mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. because they were unwilling to do that. Um, I faced some unprecedented backlash as a black man that was, you know, extremely racially motivated, um, and even um, uh, spilled over and uh, toward my family members. Mm, so, wow. Yeah, so... The thing was, you know, obviously, I couldn't wait to get away from that place, but I had to leave knowing that I did make it a better place and that people will remember that I was there. Yeah. You know, because I, I helped somebody. Yeah. You know? And you lead me into the next question that I have for you. What motivates you to continue to do this if you 
if you've you've had these challenges over and over again? Well, the thing is, you know, I can't I can't tell you that I don't get weary, but I have to believe that um, as soon as I become satisfied with doing quote unquote enough, then that's when I start failing all the people that um, will come behind me mm-hmm. and leading the same or better opportunity than what I had. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm motivated by the fact that I can give forward and 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 uh, make something better for somebody else that will come after me. Um, I believe in that very strongly. I believe in leaving anything I do or any place I go. I believe in uh, making it or leaving it better than the way I found it. So, um, my motivation is, is, is very much from within. It's very spiritually based. I believe the Lord has gave me some talent so that I might improve mm-hmm. this world uh, in, in my own sphere of influence and then uh, give others the, uh, the vision mm-hmm. and the belief that they can do the same. Wow. And I know you you said you have some some things that you have going on. Talk to us a little bit about your your podcast that you're doing. Well, the podcast I do is um, uh, similar to to yours, actually, um, except that we talk about the skills uh, necessary for chief diversity officers to to thrive in their work um, day to day Mm -hmm. and bring in national experts who talk about various components of that lived experience. So whether you're preparing to be a president or whether you're um, needing to be a more professional in terms of your executive presence or whether you need to learn how to, to develop diversity metrics and do assessment work, um, whatever, whatever the skill may be, or whatever the circumstance may be um, in the life of a chief diversity officer, we do podcasts to try to illuminate some specific truths about those circumstances. Okay. And then the name of the podcast is what? Yeah. Strategic Conversations. Strategic Conversations. Man, that's a a good name. Yeah. (laughs) Strategic Conversations. Yeah, because... I mean, the stuff that's going on today, how, so you, you have the politics and everything we, we, we know is out there with, you know, the two parties or whatever, but does that come into, into your realm going on out there today with some of this, this, this hate and, you know, um, not wanting to overt racism just that's coming back. How how is that affecting your job as a diversity officer? Well, you know, um, higher education as a as a uh, organism of greater society mm-hmm. very much reflects what is happening in the larger um, arena. Mm-hmm. So politics as a as a matter of function is a very real and very dominant um, presence mm-hmm. in the day-to-day life of chief diversity officers and, and 
any type of employee in higher education. Mm -hmm. uh, and many times that is un unfortunate because after all, we're supposed to be here to educate and to represent mm -hmm. a, a facet of the greater community that is most like the optimal community to which we want to graduate our students. Mm -hmm. However, there's enough bickering and fighting and political um, bureaucracy in higher education to where if you're not within certain groups, then you receive the historical um, ostracism and isolation mm. that, you know, that comes with being one of the have-nots. Right. So it's very alive and well in higher education, unfortunately, um, which makes the chief diversity officer job uh, likely the toughest job in higher education besides the presidency. Wow, wow. Yeah. And how are you mentoring this younger generation to to step up and become chief diversity officers? Well, that's an excellent question because, you know, when you talk about mentoring, you're talking about more than just giving them the skills to do the job. Mm -hmm. We're talking about helping people do their own personal self-assessment about not how well they can do in the job, but why they want the job in the first place. Right. What is their personal conviction for going into a place of higher learning and trying to interject a line of thinking that actually transforms human behavior. And to do that, you've got to have some kind of conviction up front before you put your, your foot in the water. And so what we do with the younger generation is we have a boot camp, you know, and we, in the boot camp, we talk specifically, excuse me, we talk specifically about the metal it takes mm -hmm. to be an effective diversity officer. And mm -hmm. we talk um, specifically about the challenges that will be met that are of a political nature, a gender nature, a race nature, um, et cetera. Because everybody can't take that kind of heat. And it's important to know what you're getting into before you get into it. Right. So we spend two and a half days um, helping people understand right. um, what will be required of them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Dr. King Coop, where where else can people find your 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 website, your information? Uh, let us know some of the things that you you're doing. Okay. Um, well, I consult individually as well, and that website is uh, actually my last name without the O's. I have a company called CPWDLLC.com, and you can go there. You can see some of the work I've done as an individual and that I am doing. Um, my company website is coopleew.com. And there you can see my partnership with Dr. William Lewis and how we are impacting the world of chief diversity officers, particularly, particularly in higher education, but um, from all other industries as well. Um, of course, uh, 
you know, as you look on my site, you'll see the various articles and activities that I've been involved in. And um, you can follow me on Twitter as well at uh, Ask Dr. Coop. Ask Dr. Coop. All right, Dr. Coop. Well, thank you. Thank you for for being with us today. Again, the Blackmail Archives is where we um, promote positive stories about black men who are doing good good things and what you're one of them. And again, thank you for for taking the time to, to do this interview. It's my pleasure. And it's always good to be among positive black men. So keep the faith, brother. And thank, thank you. Thank you. You too. Okay.